Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. We have a lot to get into today. It's a little bit of prop plays. We have quarterbacks going everywhere. We'll get into it all. 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N. Facebook and Twitter. It's Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. Hashtag S-G-N. iTunes, iHeartRadio, or any of our fine syndicated affiliates. That is how you find us. Well, look, I want to talk about prop plays, and we have a lot of prop plays this year that uh, it's expanding, right? I mean, it really is expanding. We go back to the very beginning, and prop plays have been around for 100 or so years, but really the very beginning of Super Bowl prop playing was Refrigerator Perry in 1986. Uh, Caesars Palace put it out a prop play, opened it up at 20 to 1 with the fat man, 350-pound, love him, Refrigerator Perry. Would he score a touchdown at 20 to 1 odds? Well, they got so much volume on that that it went all the way down to two to one. They lost $100,000, but they gained a brand new market. And that brand new market that they gained, well, what was it? It is the prop play, which is now running its gamut. Jay Cornegy kind of grabbed that torch, ran with it, had uh, in short time a, a sheet of different prop plays. And now we're up to 400 plus prop plays, 14,000 different combinations of bets you can make. And we are in prop play land. And we're going to get into quite a bit of those, which ones I like the best, which ones I don't like. Hey, some fun ones too, right? I mean, in prop play, you could make a lot of money in this business on prop plays, a lot of money. But they're also, prop plays are very much about having a little bit of fun as well. So we'll get into that as well. I do want to begin, though, before we get into the prop plays, talking about quarterbacks because a lot of quarterbacks could be on the move. We know some will be on the move. And we're in a position here where we really have to start to concentrate on talking about quarterbacks. Because when you're starting to have a conversation and really discussing quarterbacks, well, guys, you know what? There's about 10 teams in the league right now, literally 10 teams in the league that don't need a quarterback or have their quarterback situation will say very secure i mean that that's a better way to put it let's just think about who is secure at quarterback and let's keep an open mind i'm not bashing your franchise because i know that's going to come i'm not bashing your franchise i'm just stating the obvious and the obvious is this look the buffalo bills have a franchise quarterback their quarterback situation is set miami dolphins you're not if there's rumors that Tua might not be there or might be traded and he might take somebody, in the you're not. New England, we know you have problems. The New York Jets are trying to get rid of Sam Darnold. Their quarterback situation is not set. Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben might come back, might not, doesn't matter. Your quarterback situation is not set. Baltimore is, that's two. Cleveland Browns, I'm going to give you a three, but I've heard rumors that Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, might be able to be replaced. I'm going to give you three. I'm also going to give you Cincinnati. I think Joe Burrow uh, showed us enough that he's the answer. I think that he's the guy there. So I'm going to give you four. Ryan Tannehill makes five. Indianapolis Colts have nobody. Houston, clearly we know Watson's trying to move. Jacksonville, they're going to make they're going to fix this. But you can't count them right now. They don't have a quarterback that they feel good in. So we're still at five. Mahomes is six. Derek Carr, he's on the way out. Herbert, seven. And the Broncos have nobody. Then Washington, Giants, Dallas, well, remember, Dak Prescott isn't signed. And Philly, who's got two quarterbacks that they don't know, none of those teams have a quarterback situation that's secure. So we're still at seven. 
Green Bay Packers now all of a sudden don't have one because Aaron Rodgers, we don't know what his situation is. The Bears clearly don't. Minnesota would move on from Kirk Cousins tomorrow, and it looks like Detroit Lions, well, they already did move on from Stafford. So we're sitting here still at seven. The Saints moved on from Drew Brees. They don't have a viable backup. Carolina, Atlanta, yeah, no, they'll move him there. There's been talk that Matt Ryan will be on the trading block, and Carolina's moving on from Bridgewater. Tampa Bay's got their man. That's eight. Seattle's got their guy. That's Russell Wilson. He's nine. Arizona's got his guy. Yep. You know that he traded up for the number one. He feels good with Murray. And the Rams, there's rumors that Goff is gone. And the Niners, well, they're in every conversation for a quarterback. So we have 10 teams in the NFL. 10 teams that are secure at their quarterback position. So when names like Watson and Stafford and Rodgers and Goff and Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott still out there, they get bandied about, we could have a completely different look at the NFL. But the first guy I want to jump on top of here uh, to to jump on top of the rumors and really just set something straight here is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers came out and he made the typical Aaron Rodgers type comment. The Aaron Rodgers type comment is stupid. It's selfish. It's a bad teammate. And well, that's what Aaron Rodgers is, right? He is an angry, surly guy. This is who he is. Don't let the new, oh, he's on a fun radio show, so he's a fun guy. No, 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 no. No, and I'm not taking anything away from him uh, for what he contributed. And I love the fact that he called out the, the governor's not wearing the mask and all. I, I, I am growing to understand Aaron Rodgers a little bit more, but he still is that guy. He's still that guy that doesn't talk to his family. He's still that guy that has teammates bashing him behind his back. Ex-teammates don't like him. He's still that guy that doesn't get along with coaches. He's still that guy. So when they lose and Aaron Rodgers comes to the microphone and says, oh, a lot of things could change, you know, even my future, I'm not reading too much into it. And then the Packers brass came out very quickly afterwards and said, yeah, we'd be stupid to trade Aaron Rodgers. Now, if they did trade Aaron Rodgers, they would have to do it before March 19th. The Packers have dead cap space, $31.5 million in 2021, so they had saved $6 million. $74 million they would save 2021 to 23. Well, starting to look a lot more attractive to get rid of the 37-year-old that doesn't want to be there. The team that would take him on Three years, they would take on $74 million, 23.22 in 2021, 25.5, 22, and 23. It's actually reasonable for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. It's a reasonable number for a guy like Aaron Rodgers for a team taking him on. It makes a little bit of sense for a team taking him on. So Aaron Rodgers, guys, is a player that I don't think is going anywhere. I just don't. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he kind of talked a little bit off the cuff. I think he went a little bit further than he he should have gone. But as the days go by, I'm believing a little bit more. Again, I don't think he's going anywhere. But I still don't believe Watson's going anywhere. Oh, by the way. But I don't think he's going anywhere. With that said, he does have a radio platform. With that said, he has social media. With that said, he's got all of the things that you want right now to reach out and say, No, 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 no. I want to be a Packer guy. Right? Doesn't he have that platform? Doesn't Aaron Rodgers have it all saying, well, 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 you know, I was a little upset after the win, but but I'm in this for the long haul. I just won an MVP award, potentially. Uh, I have LaFleur. I I believe in him. I believe in the city. I believe in what we're doing here. Yeah, he, he didn't say that. And with each passing day, it goes from me going, hey, he's just that surly, angry Aaron Rodgers to, wait a minute. (laughs) 
maybe I can read a little bit into this. So I started to think about the teams that he'd be good with. And look, out of uh, outside of those 10 teams, everybody wants him. But there are certain teams. And Miami isn't really a fit. And, uh, you know, you look up and down. And I know people pu- pushing for him in Pittsburgh. Ah, it doesn't make sense. And uh, there are certain teams. To me, the New England Patriots, Indianapolis Colts, and San Francisco 49ers are the three teams that make the most sense. They're the three teams that make the most sense for him and the three teams that make the most sense for Matthew Stafford. The Lions moved on from Matthew Stafford. He can still play. Matthew Stafford is 32 years old. Matthew Stafford has shown toughness. He's played with broken everything in his body, lacerated, insides pouring out, and he's been out there. He's a gamer. We've watched what Matthew Stafford can do when you give him a competent supporting staff. When you give him number two wide receivers, he makes them into number ones. He's never had a competent running game behind him, and he's had a bad offensive line. Yet Matthew Stafford is a guy you could chalk up right now, 30 touchdowns, 44,000 yards passing. This is Matthew Stafford. 32 years old is not that terrible. He's making a lot of money, but not really in today's day and age, not making that much money. So Matthew Stafford, like Aaron Rodgers, becomes mighty, mighty attractive. Deshaun Watson's price has been talked about at being something along these lines. When the New York Jets have been thrown out there, the conversation has been, all right, New York, give us Sam Darnold. Give us your number one pick this year, which is the number two overall. Give us your other first-round pick this year, and give us your first-round pick next year. So, in essence, Deshaun Watson's price is like four first-rounders. Sam Donald was a first-round pick. Four first-rounders, which includes two top fives, one number two this year. I don't know if Deshaun Watson goes anywhere because of the price is so high. I'm still not convinced that he goes anywhere. But if his price is that, what price is Aaron Rodgers? What price is Matthew Stafford? What price is a guy like Andy Dalton? Well, do you want him to be your number one? You're not going to have to give anything up for him, but how much are you going to have to pay him? And if you're going to pay these guys, what about Dak Prescott, who might just be able to be grabbed if you're overpaying guys? So the conversation is certainly a different conversation here. The conversation of of what are you going to give up? I think Watson is the prime chip, but you're going to have to give up a lot of prime chips to get him. Aaron Rodgers comes in second, doesn't he? Aaron Rodgers is a guy that you feel like you could put on your team right now and win right now. You put Aaron Rodgers on New England, they're a competitor next year. They're in the playoffs, uh, potentially pushing for an AFC championship. You put Aaron Rodgers on San Francisco, they go from being eh, a team that you know might make some noise, dare I say, that they become the Super Bowl favorites in the NFC? Uh, very possibly. How about the Colts? You put the Colts. And Aaron Rodgers together, I think he's there. So what is the price for Aaron Rodgers? Well, there's a lot of money there. Take it on $74 million. Guy's 37 years old. He's banged up. I'm not paying Deshaun Watson prices, and I don't think a team will. Aaron Rodgers can be had for a lot less. Hey, you're still probably going to have to give up a number one. I mean, if you're Green Bay, who you? what are you asking for if you're Green Bay? Well, we need at least two number ones. Is that all? Is Aaron Rodgers worth only two number ones? Can you sell it to your fan base that Aaron Rodgers is worth two number ones? I've heard in camp that Jordan Love can't hit the broadside of a barn. Jordan Love couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. That's what I'm hearing in, in camp. That's what I'm hearing coming out. 
You're going to put Jordan Love in there, not ready right yet? There's no reason for the Packers to make a move. There's just no reason. Other than Aaron Rodgers is angry. Isn't Aaron Rodgers always angry? Another reason I think Rodgers stays. So let's get back to Matthew Stafford. What is the price for Matthew Stafford? Well, we know he's on the trading block. And we know he's paid. Look, his price tag is expensive, but not for Matthew Stafford. I think those three teams are Matthew Stafford-type teams as well. You look at a team like San Francisco, and you can envision Matthew Stafford actually having a running game behind him, actually having a head coach, a competent, offensive-minded head coach. George Kittle gives him that security blanket. I think that's a match made in heaven. But I also think that Indianapolis can be that as well. You look at Indy, and you go, best offensive line in the game. Matthew Stafford doesn't have to get killed out there. Big-time running back. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor put this team on his back and ran them into the playoffs this year. Then you look at New England. Well, any chance to go play with Bill. And you know that Bill likes this situation. You know that Bill would probably overpay for a guy like Matthew Stafford. So there's a lot going on with these guys. But you then have the second-tier players as well. And the second-tier quarterbacks as well. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy that will get a job next year. And you know if I put him in here, he can win for me. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a name that you won't be here often, but he's out there. Sam Darnold very well might be available. Cam Newton is going to be available. Let's go through who else. Who else is available? Well, go down the list. Is Derek Carr available? Potentially. Potentially, Derek Carr is available. How about Wentz or Hurts? Could somebody snag one of them? Sure, Mitch Trubinsky's available. I'm sure, I'm sure Nick Foles is. You guys want any of them? Well, probably available. Teddy Bridgewater might be available. Matt Ryan might be available. And then there's Jared Goff. And what to make of a guy like Jared Goff? When the draft was coming down, I, I said at the time that I like Carson Wentz more than Jared Goff because I never saw the ceiling of Jared Goff. Now, I may be wrong on Carson Wentz. Right? Overall, his career, I may be wrong on. But what I saw in a ceiling of Carson Wentz was an MVP guy. I didn't know if he was ever going to get there coming from the small school. But we've seen glimpses of that. With Jared Goff, you have give him, given him tremendous offensive talent. Running back, wide receivers, all over the place, offensive genius on the sideline and show McVay. That's what they could. That's what they say, right? That's what they tell me. McVay's a genius. You've given him all that and I haven't seen the growth. I haven't seen the growth that I think you need to see. Can the Rams win with Jared Goff? Sure, certainly they can. They've been to a Super Bowl with him. They can win with him. But in a league where we're starting to see these just absolutely explosive quarterbacks. Don't you just salivate a little bit, just a little bit, as a sports fan going, oh, man, if, if McVay had. If McVay had a Kyler Murray or a Russell Wilson or a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. If McVay had a Burrow or a Lawrence or a Herbert instead of Jared Goff. You start to look at Jared Goff in a different realm. But again, isn't the grass always greener on the other side? Because you're telling me that the Chicago Bears wouldn't trip over themselves to go get Jared Goff? Oh, I know for a fact they will. You're telling me that Sean Payton's not looking at Jared Goff and going, mm, I could probably make this kid something. I think I could work with him. I think I could do something with him. What about John Gruden? 
is he considerably better than Derek Carr? I think Derek Carr's a better player. John Gruden might like him more, more coachable. Pittsburgh might say, you know what, Jared Goff's my, I, I, he's our kind of guy. Right? We, we could win with him. So you do have these quarterbacks shuffling around. Next year has the potential of being like we've watched in the NBA in the past, where superstars are going all over the place and you don't know where anyone lands. The thing is, is that we don't have much time to decide. We don't have much time. A guy like Dak Prescott, you have time on. You have time to wait around, make some bids. I still think he winds up in Dallas, but there's going to be other guys that, that go after. You're not going after yourself after a Mitch Trubinsky, right? You're not going crazy about him. You're not going crazy about even a Ryan Fitzpatrick. No. But guys like Rodgers, guys like Stafford, guys like Jared Goff, guys like Deshaun Watson, they have to be traded early and not late. March 19th, by all accounts. By all accounts, if they're going to be on a different team, it's got to be by March 19th. Because then their roster bonuses kick in. That's I think that's the first week of what the new NFL quote-unquote season begins, and that's the offseason and everything else. They have to be off the team, or else that team then will incur that money, the roster bonus money, and then have to pay down the road. You don't want that if you're a team. So as crazy as it sounds that we're sitting here staring at the Super Bowl next week, and we're sitting here in a position where we're barely into February, there's about six weeks to decide if Aaron Rodgers is a Green Bay Packer. Six weeks to decide if Deshaun Watson's a Houston Texan. Six weeks to decide where Matthew Stafford goes, because they already said he's not going to be a lion. Uh, we see a lot of volatility here, a lot of teams being in play. There's 10 teams in the league that don't need these players. There's 10 teams in the league that don't have quarterback issues. There's a lot of teams that do. And if you want to throw Jacksonville into that, that makes 11 because you know they're taking Trevor Lawrence. But there's a lot of teams that do. There's a lot of, of movement that we're going to see. And it starts with the big names. It starts with the Watsons. It starts with the Rodgers. And it starts with the Staffords. We're sitting here celebrating next week. Next week, we have Patrick Mahomes. We have Tom Brady. In the playoffs, we had four top quarterbacks in this league to get to the big game, to win that trophy. You need a big-time top quarterback. Big-time top quarterbacks are going to be available. Most teams think I could win a Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson. Most teams think, oh, man, if we had our hands on Aaron Rodgers, we would win the Super Bowl. Most teams think Matthew Stafford's the guy to put them over the edge. Most teams think that. Which team's going to pony up? That's the question. It's a cool time to be an NFL fan. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be confusing. And when one of those dominoes falls, you're going to watch them all continue to fall. I expect Watson to go nowhere. I can't believe that they'd be that stupid. But he wants out. I expect Aaron Rodgers to go nowhere. I think he's just angry. I think he's just angry, Aaron. That's to me. Matthew Stafford will go somewhere. And it's going to start the domino effect. It's going to go Stafford's going to go somewhere. A couple other guys might be signed. You're going to watch the NFL draft. And this might be the most tradable NFL draft that we've ever seen because of all the volatility of who's going where, when they're going, and who jumps up to make some moves. 
All right, let's take a quick time out. When we get back, we're going to talk about prop plays for the big game. I got some that I really like. Go back. We'll talk a little history about the big game prop plays, and we'll do all that right after this on Wagering Week. I'm Gary Myers, the host of the podcast, the coach, Tom Brady, and you're listening to Tom Barton on the Sports Garden Network. Now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I bet you 20 bucks I can get the gamble before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? Well, I talked about it, so here are the odds. Where will Matthew Stafford land? In a trade. Well, number one at the top, the Indianapolis Colts at plus 225. 49ers are 3 to 1. Broncos are 3 to 1. Saints are plus 450. Patriots all the way down at plus 550. Now, I, I think the Colts make a lot of sense. He's back indoors, gets a dynamic offensive line. That makes sense. I know the Niners are pushing to get somebody. Broncos, you know, are you really going to do this again and try to go with somebody else? Saints plus 450 at Patriots. I think the Patriots and the Saints should be flipped in that case. But that is what are the odds? All right, listen. Uh, this is going to be fun. I'm telling you, it's going to be a fun offseason, that's for sure. Let's talk a little bit about some Super Bowl props, and I want to give you a couple of these prop play. Uh, these numbers out there, their trends, and some pitfalls here. First of all, one of the most popular prop, prop plays that everybody loves. They love them, they love them, and that's overtime and the safety. Well, I've told the story before, and I'll tell it again quickly here. Uh, I was, years ago, when San Francisco played Baltimore for, uh, remember, uh, this was, uh, Harbaugh was still in the league, Kaepernick was still in the league, right? Baltimore played San Francisco for the championship, and I was on my bachelor party, and I had quite a few people, there were probably like 15 or so of us, and I told everybody, even the guys that didn't bet, I said, everybody, just throw throw a couple bucks, we'll, we'll you know, throw a couple bucks on the safety, why not? The safety, never happens, never happens, but... It's like 10 to 1 odds, right? Almost 10 to 1 odds. Let's, let's take a shot. Everybody pulled their money. Everybody got And we all won. We all won the safety first time. Well, since then, remember, it was three years in a row. And May- Peyton Manning had it. Three years in a row we had a safety after not having one in seemingly forever. But it's been five years since. And here's the difference. I got mine. Some people got 9 to 1. Some people got 10 to 1. About 10 to 1 odds. It's down to 6.5 to 1, 7 to 1 in some spots. There's just no more value on it. 7 to 1 is okay. But in order to get a safety, you need a quarterback that isn't so headsy, right? Somebody that's just, eh, they're not going to pay that much attention. They're going to get sacked in the end zone. Mahomes and Brady aren't that. They're just not that. They're going to throw it into the 15th row. It's just not their style. Or you're going to need a bad snap. Now, there could be a bad snap, right? We we know that Brady and his uh, Ryan Jensen have had bad snaps before. But I'm not taking that only 7-1 to one a shot there. And it's the same thing with overtime. Overtime has happened once. And when it happened, it was more than 10-1 to one odds, right? It happened once. So overtime never happens. And it's a fun thing to root for. Everybody gets crazy. Oh, it's fun. Now, that's about 7-1 to one odds. So there's not a lot of odds in these fun bets, quote-unquote, that we're talking about. You want a fun bet? How about special teams or defensive touchdown? Now, after four or five years, and it happened four or five years, it's been three years since, maybe this is a spot where it is due, quote-unquote. But I think that I look at prop plays a little bit differently than everybody else. I take them serious. I want to build my bankroll on prop plays. So while we could have talk about, and we will, we'll talk about some of the fun prop plays, I'm looking at the prop plays that actually make me some money. 
Now, I do have a couple of trends here. One of the plays that you can make is the team that scores last wins the game. A lot of people say, well, that's obvious, right? But somebody's got to win the game. They've got to score last. Not all the time. If a team's up 40 to 10, they give up a backdoor touchdown. But it hasn't happened. In the last 10 years, it hasn't happened. It's only minus 155. That's a bet that makes a little sense. That's a bet that you go, okay, I'm kind of into that. And you also have the way to outsmart the books in a way. And each of the last 10 teams that won have deferred the coin toss. So somebody calls heads or tails. By the way, heads or tails, everybody loves it. It's minus 105 across the board. Somehow or another, the public always goes on tails. I don't know why. It just happens. Heads or tails, okay, you know what? Uh, Ten times in a row, the team has deferred. This year, if you want the Bucks, you're only minus 200. Chiefs are minus 2,500. So that means they're going, well, if the Bucks get it, we have a shot. To me, I think you could take a shot on the Bucks instead of the coin toss itself, and you have a shot that they're going to defer, and they're probably going to defer. So little bets like that you can have a little fun with, and you turn around and you go, yeah, you know, I, I kind of like that. Now, me personally, there are certain bets that I will follow and certain bets I won't go. I will not go near exact bets, exact bets is what I call them. Bets that you turn around and you go, they will win by exactly seven points. I, I don't like those bets, guys. They're they're too volatile, and I hate having a bet where I'm really close. There's other ways to make those bets. There's other ways to go get some money rather than go in, all in on an exact bet. I don't like exact bets. For me, I like personally, I like player prop plays. Okay, if you're going to take an over-under, that's okay, too. But make sure you read the lines the right way. So I'm going to talk to you here about a very famous bet. It's probably the most popular bet, and that is Super Bowl MVP. Well, Super Bowl MVP at the top, Patrick Mahomes about minus 120. Tom Brady's plus 225. Tyreek Hill, 10 to 1. Travis Kelsey, 12 to 1. Godwin Evans, 28 to 1. Fournette, 33 to 1. Antonio Brown, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Hardman, Ronald Jones, Zach Barrett, Tyron Matthew, all 50 to 1. 60 to 1. Daryl Williams, 66 to 1. Devin White, Jason Pierre-Paul, Rob Gronkowski. And then you get the 100 to 1s. Uh, Pringle, Brate, Jones, Sorensen, Robinson, Frank Clark, Whitehead, uh, Thornhill, David, Miller, Bunting, Johnson, Vita Vea, Willie Gay, and then 150 to 1 are both of the kickers in Le'Veon Bell. So let's see if we can find any any value here, okay? Let's see if we can find anything. Because what we're up against is the quarterbacks. Remember, this is a prop play, and I, I've mentioned this during Futures Plays, and I'll mention it again here. This is a prop play, guys, that there's no definitive answer, right? People are voting on this. This is a vote. So you can lose, not based on being right or wrong, you could lose because somebody else's opinion is different. This is an opinion bet. And when you're talking about opinion in the NFL, optics mean something. They mean something to advertisers. They mean something in the context of what we're talking about. And when you're talking about optics, you're talking quarterbacks. Have we ever had two quarterbacks of this stature face off in the NFL ever in the Super Bowl? Probably not. The optics are every advertiser is hoping that either Mahomes or Brady wins the MVP, wins the Super Bowl, is hoisting it up and wearing that advertiser's shirt, or they're able to back him up. The NFL is hoping that either Brady or Mahomes wins 
the Super Bowl MVP. Well, if it's Patrick Mahomes, he's the new face of the NFL. Just slayed the dragon. Oh, here we go. Let's go. Oh, we can sell this. If it's Brady, ho, ho, ho. Oh, the immortal, the greatest that's ever played the game. Oh, we could sell this. So you have more factors that are swirling around as opposed to he's just the best player. Well, keep that in mind because you're not only playing the book here, you're not only playing lines makers, you're actually playing against the voters, which means for somebody to rip this award away from one of the two quarterbacks, they're going to have to do just that. They're going to have to rip this out of their hands. There's a reason why they're 1-2, and they should be 1-2. Quarterbacks almost always win this award. We've never seen the star power like we have now. But can we find an alternative? Sure. Maybe there is some value. We'll find out. I'll walk you through some of them. Look, I'm not going near either one of the kickers. Uh, absolutely not. Look, 150-1. to one. Is there a chance that someone pulls a Vinatieri and uh, you know, at the end of the game kicks a 50-yard Game winner, at the uh, too many things have to fall into place. Both teams have to play close. He's got to be able to kick it. <laughs> it's got to be huge. And even then, even if the guy, if Harrison Bucker comes out in a tie game, 27-27, three ticks left on the clock, kicks a 50-yarder to go through the uprights and wins and walks off and they celebrate him, you don't think Mahomes win that MVP? <laughs> I mean, come on. Right? I mean, he almost has to win that MVP. So I'm not going anywhere near the kickers. And definitely not near Le'Veon Bell, who's in a timeshare. He's like a three-headed timeshare. I don't. I just don't see him getting enough there. Guys like Willie Gay, Johnson, Bunting, Miller, Thornhill, Whitehead, they're not even on my radar. Vita Vey is a guy at, at you know, plus 10,000. He's basically 100 to one shot. Maybe you throw a couple bucks. I just don't see it. Look, he's going to get some pressure, but he's more of a guy that clogs the middle. You look at a Levante David, and the talent is overwhelming, but he's not even the best linebacker on his own team. Levante David would need to have just an extraordinary performance. I'm not telling you that's not in him, but he's fallen off. He hasn't even had seven tackles in the last two weeks. His play has fallen off here in the playoffs. He's doing more things on the inside that aren't noticed. So I'm going to say no there. Frank Clark at 100-1. to Look, Frank Clark might get to Brady once or twice, but unless he strips the ball, fumbles, recovers, goes into the end, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of sequences. And even if he does it once, I don't think it's going to be enough. For that reason, I'm not on any of these big guys. Cameron Brady. I think Brady has a good game. I think he catches three, four balls, maybe a touchdown. Not enough for 100-1. to How about Rob Gronkowski? You're going to see a lot of people going around 66-1 to odds on, on Rob. Rob Gronkowski is going to have to have an extraordinary effort. Rob Gronkowski, with New England, never got the effort that he's going to have to get because it's going to go to Brady. Rob Gronkowski, even in his best effort, what are we going to say? What is the number? What is the path here that we're going to have to get Gronkowski the MVP? The path is six catches, 120 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's kind of the ridiculous stat line that he has to put up. I don't see it happening. Same thing with Jason Pierre-Paul. Same thing with Shaq Barrett. They're going to have to get three ta- three sacks, three tackles, strip, fumble. I mean, it's going to be more than just a really good game. It's got to be an absolutely fantastic game. If you're looking for somebody that can have that game, if you're looking to throw a couple of bucks on someone with just massive odds, Devin White's the guy I'm looking at. Devin White is a guy that had 15 15 tackles last week. He's also 
perhaps the most talented linebacker in the league. He's also healthy now, playing like he's healthy, turned his game up in the playoffs. Devin White's a guy that you can see a big-time tackle number, but he also creates turnovers, intercepts balls. He's there on top of the ball for the fumble. If you are looking at a deep sleeper, that deep guy that you want to throw, you know, 20 bucks on, Devin White's my guy at 66 to 1. Ronald Jones, he's in a time share, and I don't like Clyde Edwards Hilaire for the same reasoning. Nicole Hardman's going to be someone. And people are going to throw something on Nicole Hardman as well. And you look at Nicole Hardman, he's going to have to return a kick at least to get this award. And I think it's probably more than one. I'm not going in. Somebody I'm erasing directly off of my, my sheet right now. Cross him off. Big, giant, black ink. Get rid of him. Antonio Brown. If Antonio Brown goes out there and, and catches 10 balls for 150 yards and two touchdowns, I still don't think they give it to him. I, I'm dead serious. Remember, this is a voted-on, opinion-based award. They don't want to let Antonio Brown win something like that. Yeah, How uncomfortable will it be for Roger Goodell to hand off the award to Antonio Brown? So he's off the list. So now we get into the top seven. And now you can start seeing a path for some of these guys. Godwin and Evans are 28 to 1. I eliminate them both because they're going to be playing against each other. Look, they're not going to be head-to-head necessarily, but they're going to be playing against each other to see who gets the looks. And Evans, you know what? His stat line usually reads pretty well. He's usually a guy that catches four or five balls, but he gets that big touchdown. He's getting about 80 yards. And Godwin, he's got the targets, right? He's going to get seven, eight catches, maybe a touchdown. He's going to get the 80 yards. They're very similar stat lines, and it's going to be spread around. Brady likes to spread the ball around. So at 28 to 1, it's tempting to go on one of these two to take a shot. But if you're going on one of these two, don't you have to kind of go on both? And then if you go on both and take a shot, don't you have to just lead all roads back to Brady? That's what I'm thinking thinking here. Leonard Fournette at 33 to 1 odds makes some sense. He makes some sense because he's averaging in the playoffs 70 yards per carry. He's averaging in the playoffs getting four targets in the air. He could turn this into a 100-yard day easily. I think plus 125 to get into the end zone makes a little sense for Leonard Fournette as well. I can see Leonard Fournette having a big day here. I can see Leonard Fournette having a big day except... He's splitting carries with Ronald Jones. And that big, big, big except uh, is a problem. 12 carries last week to Ronald Jones, 10, despite Leonard Fournette looking like the clearly better player. The clearly better player. They still split carries. Now, Leonard Fournette, when he was with Jacksonville, was rushing for 200, 250 carries per year. Now, he had less than 100 carries on the year going into the playoffs, so his legs are fresh. I think Fournette could have a very good game. At 33-1, to 1, I'm tempted, tempted to take a shot at Leonard Fournette. But I worry about the Ronald Jones factor being there. Let's get into Tyreek Hill. 10-1 to 1 odds. Tyreek Hill, most Touchdowns in the AFC with 15. The guy scored in 12 games this year. He scored three touchdowns the last time he saw Tampa Bay. Eh, Right there. That alone makes me stay away from him. I can't imagine that the Tampa Bay Bucks aren't sitting there today and going, okay, last time we came out, Tyreek Hill humiliated us. He dominated three touchdowns. It was over like that. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. We can't go anywhere near it. 
That's what I'm thinking. They're saying we will stop him at all costs. And if you're stopping him at all costs, I don't like the 10 to 1. Because they're going to – look, you can still say, well, Tyreek Hill will have some success. He might have some success. You're right. He may have some success. But a lot of that success is going to be given to Patrick Mahomes because he's going to be double covered. Brings me to Travis Kelsey at 12 to 1 odds. I think Travis Kelsey has a big game. He's had the most games, second most games in the NFL history with receptions, seven plus receptions or more. Now, you look at Travis Kelsey. Last year, he was supposed to have a big game. It was supposed to be Kelsey against Kittle. Kelsey against Kittle. Well, Kelsey had a pretty bad game, 43 yards receiving. Well, they won the game. It didn't really matter. But San Francisco said, we're going to stop him. I think that Tampa Bay is going to try to stop Hill and not Kelsey. But I don't know that. And if Travis Kelsey does what he did last week, which is two touchdowns, you know, getting nine, ten catches, 100-plus yards, he's going to be very much in the mix to win this MVP. I'm not going to talk you out of a 12-to-1 spot on Travis Kelsey because I think he has a big game. I just don't think 12-to-1 is enough. If you could get a 20-to-1, I'm on him. 12-to-1... A little weary that Travis Kelsey is going to be the guy. And now he's looked fantastic. I get it. But again, it's the Mahomes factor. So that leads us to the top two. Leads us to Brady at plus 225. And it leads us to Patrick Mahomes minus 120. And you look at the big two here. And why is there such a disparity? Well, Tom Brady has been in nine Super Bowls before. Tom Brady has watched other guys win the MVP. Tom Brady is a guy that spreads the ball around. Tom Brady is, dare I say, somewhat of a game manager, right? I mean, that's what Tom Brady is. Tom Brady is a guy that maybe not won't put up the biggest numbers and the biggest giant numbers. So that gives an outlet to potentially giving it to someone else. Where Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Everything that works is works around Patrick Mahomes. If the running game works, it's because they're afraid of Patrick Mahomes. If the passing game works, it's purely Mahomes. And Mahomes is going to get all of that love, all of that adoration, all of everything that you throw at him. Well, that's going to be Patrick Mahomes. And rightfully so in a lot of cases. But that's why he is minus 120. He's minus 120 because people think the Chiefs are going to win. Well, clearly, the spread says they should win by three points. But it's also because if they win, there seems to be nearly no path that Patrick Mahomes doesn't win the MVP. So that's Super Bowl MVP talk. That's where we're going with that. Look, I know the Super Bowl is in the future, but we have to start looking to the future. And now it's time to bet to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet Bet to to the future. Bet to the future. Oh, let's have some fun now, shall we? Why can't we have fun? What color will the Gatorade bath be? I, I'm telling you, people can actually bet on this. And I have stats to back it up because we can still have fun on this show. Color of the Gatorade bath. Orange plus 125. Red slash pink. I like how they do that. Plus 300. Yellow, green, lime plus 400. Clear plus 600. Purple. Plus 600, blue, plus 700. I'm just not throwing that out there. I have stats to back some of this stuff up. Okay, since 2001, clear has been done four times, orange five times, yellow three, blue two, purple two, and none has been done four times. I didn't see a price on none. That's something to look at. But let's also 
go deeper here. Last year, it was orange with the Chiefs. The Patriots used blue. Philly used yellow. Patriots then had none the year before that. Denver Broncos, orange. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. New England, blue. Seattle, orange. Baltimore, none. Giants, purple. Green Bay and the Saints, 2010 and 11, orange, orange. Pittsburgh, yellow. Well, doesn't that make sense? The Giants, Colts, Steelers, Patriots went four years with clear, 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 and clear. New England, none before that. Tampa Bay, purple. New England, none. And the Baltimore Ravens, yellow. So it's been all over the place. I like to take a a fun look at some of this stuff, and that is bet to the future. Look, I know it's fun. It's just for fun. I advocate not doing any of that. (laughs) Okay? I really do. I advocate strongly to take that money and actually go make real money. But I know you guys are going to do it. Listen, I know you're going to go on the coin toss. I know you're going to take who sings the thing the longest, oh, the national anthem the longest. I know you're going to take whoever this guy the weekend is, what song he's going to... I know it. I'll tell you a quick story here. Uh, During the Atlanta and uh, uh, New England Super Bowl... I was hanging out, and there was a bunch of us in a big hall, and we were at one of these reception places down in the sports books, and the guy next to us is just freaking out. And we're kind of talking as we're leading up to the game time, and the national anthem uh, is about to get underway. And the guy's just freaking out. We have no idea why, but he's pacing, and he's going back and forth, and it just didn't hit. We just assumed it was the coin. just didn't hit us. Now, I'm one of those people, and I'm not getting on a political rant, but I'm one of those people, I stand for the national anthem. I stand, I take my hat off. I don't care where I am. This is where, unless I'm in my living room and I'm grabbing something to eat. But if I'm out in public, I stand, I take my hat off. So I'm doing this, and I'm being very respectful. And everybody is generally quiet and respectful. And now we see just a huddle around the guy that's freaking out. A huddle around this guy. And he's jumping up and down. And he's squirming. This is very unpatriotic. And he's freaking out. He's jumping. He's going. He's moving. He's, oh, oh, what's going on? Hey, hey, buddy, what are you doing? He's got the under on on the national anthem. And they got a stopwatch. And he's freaking out. And you think, you know, how much money can this guy have on it? He's freaking out this bad. But turns out. He had like something like $25,000 on the under on the national anthem. So this is a real life thing. I know people love the the fun prop plays. I don't usually partake, but some of them are definitely fun. This year, there are some interesting 2021 prop plays. Very unique to 2021. For anybody looking for these fun kind of prop plays, how about this one? Will there be discussion of the point spread during the game. Oh, it's, it used to just be a lock, right? There was no way they were going to mention the point spread. Well, it's still pretty big. Minus 2,000 to no, plus 700 to yes. I think that might be worth taking a shot at yes, right? I mean, if you want to take a shot, don't you want them to kind of talk about it? I know I do. In my business, I really want them to. As a matter of fact, I think they should have Tom Barton at the halftime going on. But that is out there. Will the spread be referenced? Yeah, that's there. Also, something I will not ever make a bet on, okay? It's just something I won't go near. Uh, You can deal with people's health and bet against it if you want. But how many players will miss the game because of COVID? 
over under one and a half. Under is minus 700, over is plus 400. I'm not going anywhere near something like that. Just not doing it. But I do have some that I will go near. First of all, I think Cameron Brait, Travis Kelsey, and Gronk are all very good for player prop plays. I think that Brait catches uh, three, four, maybe five catches. I think he gets into the end zone. I like their receptions, not necessarily their yards. Same thing with Gronk. I think Gronk catches three or four balls, probably gets into the end zone as well. I'm tight end heavy here. I like Travis Kelsey. I just told you about the kind of game that I think he's going to have. I like a couple of defensive players as well. Devin White, I just mentioned it about the MVP. Well, if I think he's got the MVP, then I think he's getting over nine and a half tackles and assists, and that's the over-under. He's had 10 tackles in four straight games. 15 last week, nine tackles in seven straight games. If you can get this at nine, it's a layup. Levante David, over under seven tackles. I kind of like the over there as well, and you're getting plus 110 back there. Slowed up during the playoffs, but before that, uh, he had three straight weeks of seven-plus tackles. I think the worst that you get there is a push, something to pay attention to. Honey Badger as well, you're getting plus money on five tackles, plus 110. I like it. He's had two straight, and four of the last seven, he's had five-plus tackles, and five against the Bucks. Again, I think that's a push situation that you're going to be looking at. Um, going down the list about cer- certain other plays that I do like, we're getting into an area where you have to kind of find real good prop plays, and we'll get into a lot more of this next week, but something like shortest touchdown. Over, under. Now, I know that the shortest touchdown has been under one and a half yards for the last five years. Under is minus 165. I'll take the over plus 135. I think it's very difficult to score from one yard out. You kind of need a penalty in the end zone. These are not penalty-ridden teams. I'm getting plus 135 back. It's worth a shot. Uh, total field goals, uh, it's something to take a shot on. I would rather really manipulate the line and take over five or six if I'm going to do that at five to one odds on both of them. That's something to pay attention to. For you guys that love the total and you love the over, you love lots of scoring, you have over under seven and a half touchdowns plus 165. So it's a decent return there. I still would just flat out take the over as opposed to bouncing around. The cross sport promotions are always fun. Ronald Jones against Chris Paul, assists and things of that nature. But I didn't get overly into it. Uh, the New York Knicks, three-point field goals made, or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire carries. These are all fun ones, and you have quite a few out there that you could sift through. But I like, again, something very unique to this year's Super Bowl, because who you have in it, Tom Brady against himself. Tom Brady passing yards in this Super Bowl or the last Super Bowl he was in. The last Super Bowl that he was in, he passed for 262 yards. So they're minus 225 that he's going to pass for more this year. Patrick Mahomes, this year or last year, minus 140 about this year. Why? Because he threw it for 286 last year. I think that's a pretty high number. You get a lot back coming the other way. Travis Kelsey, we mentioned it. He only 43 yards receiving last year. So you're definitely going to pound the over. Well, they have only first half receiving yards, and it's even money or about minus 120, depending on where you're going. So lots of that that's out there that you could talk about. I personally like to talk about the touchdown scorers. And that's a play that I'm going to be in on for sure. And I'm not talking about the first touchdown. First touchdown, I'll give you the big guys. Kelsey, 6-1. to one, Hill, 6.5-1. to one, Evans and Fournette, 10-1. to one, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 12-1. to one, Godwin, 12-1. to one, Bell, 13. Williams, 13. 14 for Hardman. Watkins, Robs, uh, Gronkowski, 15-1. to one. Look, what I do about the first touchdown of the game, and I made a fortune last year, a small fortune last year on Kyle Juszczyk. I'm a Harvard guy, loved him. He scored touchdown last year. I made a lot of money on it. What I like is this. If you think someone's going to score a touchdown, 
throw a little bit on the first touchdown. You're going to throw 100 bucks on this guy scoring a touchdown, throw 10 bucks, 20 bucks on him scoring the first touchdown. So if you hit it, man, you hit big. But if you miss out, you still have the rest of the game to still make money. That's the way that I handle the touchdowns in this spot. So let's talk about just touchdown scorers. Travis Kelsey, minus 155. Uh, Tyreek Hill is now basically 150, 155. Evans and Fournette, plus 125. Godwin's plus 140, 150, depending on where you shop. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, 160, 170. Bell, 170. Williams, 170. Hardman, Watkins, Gronk, all about 2-1, 220 for Gronk. 270, Robinson, Pringle, Mahomes is 280. Antonio Brown, Ronald Jones, 250, 260. Cameron Bray, 260. Um, Defense is plus 450 for KC, plus 500 for Tampa. Brady's plus, plus 390. By the way, interesting note about Brady. He's never called his own number. Um, so it's just keep that in mind. So here are some, some guys that I'm looking at specifically. I do think Rob Gronkowski at plus 220 makes some sense. I already told you guys I'm big tight end heavy on this one. Plus 260 for Cameron Braid. I like that as well. I'm getting more than two and a half to one odds that he's going to get in the end zone. I like both of that. Godwin and Evans at plus 125. I, I would like to take both of them. But I don't love it. By the way, this is also a way that you could bet the over without actually just flat out betting the over. Hill and Kelsey, you expect both of them to get in. But I'm going to give you some numbers there that that it may be a little overpriced. But again, I can't argue against it. And Leonard Fournette plus 125, I'll be on. So let's talk about Hill first. Again, he led the AFC with 15 receptions. We know that. Hill also just absolutely torched Tampa in the first meeting. Hill also found the end zone in 12 games this season. He hasn't scored a touchdown in five games, though. And like I said, I fully expect this defense to just say Tyreek Hill will not be the reason we lose this game. He's not going to be the guy that beats us tonight. I can't imagine them allowing that to happen twice in a row. So I don't think I'm going to be going minus 150 on Tyreek Hill. It's been a long drought. He seems to be the guy that teams are taking away, and if there's a team that's going to take him away, it's going to be this Tampa Bay team to take him away. Travis Kelsey. Well, Travis Kelsey is a guy I was going to go fully in on, and it makes some sense, even at 150. He's got a touchdown six of the last seven games. He scored twice last week against Buffalo. They're getting creative. It wasn't just Kelsey being the big tight end in the middle. No, they're doing shovel passes to him. They're calling weird plays inside the one-yard line because they know what a weapon he is. He's also a guy that last year, and I know he doesn't care about personal accomplishments, but he's also a guy that last year, he didn't have a great game. They made a conscious effort to San Francisco to take him out of his game, and they did that. Now, they still won Kansas City, and I think that they can win again without him, But I think you have to pick your poison here. And to me, if Tampa Bay is going to pick its poison, they're going to stop Hill. Why? Because Hill torched them bad enough to make them make sure that he doesn't torch them, which should leave Kelsey open. And if you're talking to me about David and White, well, you know, Kelsey's going to be up against David and White. In an X and O scheme, that's not necessarily true. Most of the time, young, athletic, good linebackers like White and David would be covering the tight end. But Kelsey's a different animal because he splits on the outside. He goes deep, which leaves safeties, both of whom were injured last week. So you have banged up safeties for Tampa Bay up against Kelsey. 
I kind of like that Kelsey situation. If you are on the Mike Evans side, he scored the first touchdown in each of the last two games for the Bucks. He's also got 13 touchdowns on the season. He scored in 12 games. So he doesn't get a lot of multiple touchdown games, but he gets in a lot of games. Evans is a guy that multiple touchdown games, oh, by the way, they were against Kansas City. Evans is a really good pick for somebody that believes in him. I just will stay away because while he might get in, I just know that the ball is going to be spread around so much, and that's a problem for me. And I did mention how much I like the tight ends. Well, I like the tight ends that much because we talked to Joe Valerio last week, and the Steve Spagnola defense leaves a soft spot. And the soft spot is the crossing patterns where you're talking about these little slot receivers. You're talking about tight ends. And the crossing pattern comes over. When you're dealing with a team like Tampa, Evans is going to be the deep man. He's probably going to be double teamed by the safety. Godwin is a guy that could get open in space, but they usually keep a safety eye on him and, and potentially, you know, double him at times. So Evans and Godwin are going to have to do a lot of their hand checking, a lot of their fighting on jump balls and whatnot within a realm of their that they're going up against not only one guy, but most likely two, at least a spy type of situation. I'm not saying that they're going to have bad games. I'm just telling you that you know, their games might be less than what we anticipate. But if their games are less than what we anticipate, that leaves the middle of the field wide open, one-on-one situations. Well, who's going to be one-on-one? If Bray and Gronk are in the game at the same time, they're going to be covered by linebackers. That's who's going to cover them. They're not going to have the safety help because you're not going to leave Evans one-on-one. So you're going to be covered by a linebacker, once again, leads me to why I like Bray plus 260 and Gronk plus 220. And we've also watched Tom Brady deep in his zone over the course of his Career? Sure. Over the course of this year? Absolutely. Over the course of the last five or six weeks? Even more so. Where Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski have gotten inside the end zone looks. That's why I like those two. The Bucks, by the way, they've scored first touchdown in five straight games, all on pass receptions. Tom Brady, in his nine Super Bowls, he's thrown for 18 touchdowns. His team has ran for seven. So can Fournette get him? I think he does. And this is why I said I like the plus 125 with Fournette. Fournette, he scored in all three of Tampa Bay's postseason games. He scored six of the last seven touchdowns. I gave you the number about his fresh legs. I think he's the guy inside deep. We know that Brady isn't going to be fleet of foot. Brady, in all his Super Bowls, hasn't called his own number. Brady down deep. He might go to one of the tight ends. But you know what? You're already backed up with that. You're already going to be betting that if you're listening to me. So Fournette is the guy that he should be going to as well. The the prop plays, they're going to be vast. There's going to be a lot, guys. But you can make a lot of money on the prop plays. And this is a situation where the prop plays are a spot where you can have a lot of action on the game without betting the actual game. But don't only look at this as fun. You can have some fun with it, sure. Throw a couple bucks here, throw a couple bucks there if you want to have some fun with it and have some action during the game. But also look at this as a business and make sure you continuously look at this as a business. That's what I'm here for. Let's make some money on prop plays this year. I'm Tom Bart for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com.